Hello, hello. Mm-hmm. Little boss man, one second. No problem, man. Hey, what's going on, folks? We back with another episode of Off the Top Road Podcast. I'm your main man, your Black Hulk Hogan, the Black Heart himself, Shizlansky. And, of course, I mean, well, I can't say of course. But I'm by myself today until when the season finale comes in the next couple hours when the rest of the game will be ready to jump into play. Um, yeah, so today's episode is an After Dark episode where we go behind the scene, where we go behind the curtain of independent and professional wrestling itself as much as we can and try to get more of the index of the wrestling industry and bring it to you guys who don't understand. So this is the After Dark episode. But before we get to that, want to thank Anchor for giving, us, for giving us the podcast platform that we need to make our podcast happen here on Anchor. Um, if you want to do exactly what the hell that we did, um, you can download the app on Google Play, I mean, on Google Play, your iTunes store. And also, if you want to be making your podcast itself, download it as well, as I said before. Also, you can go on your laptop, laptop, computer, or tablet, www.anchor.fm. Gets us the customization tools that you need to make your podcast happen. Also, you can make money for your sponsorships for very for very few players uh, for very plays and viewerships, and also it helps you stream your podcast to other platforms as well. So, nonetheless, you want to be just what the hell that we did. I encourage you to do the same thing. Also, follow us on Twitter, social media, and everything like that. Social media is very extremely important for us to reach out to everyone. So, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, office. Also, you can find us here on Anchor. You can also follow us on Google Podcasts, Breaker Podcasts, Radio Public Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Oh, enough of my introductions. Now, let me get to your introduction, my great friend. This, I, my special guest today, was just training with Enzo from yesterday to so get him back into shape. Also, he is a big, ferocious fucking monster. When I say monster, I mean, it would make Lance Archer look like his twin. So, give it up for my man, Lou, the Metal is Monster Bruno. What's up, Brian? Thank you for having me on your show, brother. Man, anytime, man. I'm yeah, I'm just ecstatic that you just came, man, because I was just thinking, like, yo, every time stuff, it's like you remind us of a Lance Archer. Of course, that's why I said the whole, like, it makes him look like you're a twin. I feel like you're more. I feel like you're more bigger than him. But I feel like when it comes to your work, that ha- I mean, that have I been researching about, you're really that dynamic dark monster that just don't give two shits about anyone. You just want to go out there and hurt people. Tell us how you how you come up with this character of yours. All right. Well, um, as everybody knows, I'm from Jersey, born and raised. I lived literally ten minutes from the Giants, uh, where the Giants play at MetLife. Uh, so I've been in the Meadowlands my whole life um, from Hudson County. And uh, I just wanted to stick with something that I knew that was true to me. Uh, I didn't really want to end up being some type of like Frankenstein horror movie reject. Um, I, where, where the monster comes from is just all the years of frustration and anger that I've had to deal with um, that has turned me into the person that I am. So, like, uh, I put Meadowlands Monsters to get, you know, together because, you know, I'm from Jersey. I was born in Secaucus. Uh, you know, I'm a diehard Giants fan. I'm a big, angry, you know, at motherfucker. So, I just put those all together, and it's been working for me up to this point. Man, that's awesome to hear, man. So, when it comes to your character, who do you base your character off? Well, growing up, uh, you know, I, I grew up, I'm a little older than most of the guys uh, that are in the indies right now. Um, so I was in that era of the Monday Night Wars with WCW and WWF. Mm-hmm. So I grew up watching, you know, Undertaker debut. You know, I grew up watching Kane's debut. I grew up watching Test. I grew up watching Kevin Nash. I grew up watching the big guys, me being a big, big kid growing up. I uh, always kind of leaned toward those big guys, whether they were heels or baby faces. Um, yeah. I always enjoyed their work for that reason of being a big guy. Um, so the guys that I usually liked the most were The Undertaker, 
uh, obviously, and uh, Kane, Test, Kevin Nash, like the guys I just mentioned. So a lot of my look comes from Kevin Nash with the, you know, leathery looking pants and the tassels on the side. Um, I always looked at, I always loved that look growing up. Um, it just didn't seem, it didn't come across to me as like a real big wrestling type of outfit than more of a biker outlaw type of outfit. So I love that look. And then just the attitude and the way I hold myself in the ring is a lot of like undertaker, not in the sense of being a dead man, but um, that stalking, slow moving, you know, I know I'm going to get you, so I don't need to really rush. Uh, but if I need to rush, I'm really quick. And uh, I feel like I move a lot better than a lot of the big guys in the indies mm-hmm. because of the fact that I played college basketball. I was a triathlete in high school. You know, I've always been an athlete in my life. So right. it, it, it's very easy for me to be quick on my feet. So when I am quick on my feet, people aren't expecting it. You know what I mean? Like I can jump over the top rope and throw my body like all the little guys can. You know, I was walking, I was walking the top rope old school style before Lance Archer started to do it on AEW. You know what I'm saying? And uh, be completely honest, I totally respect the comparison of people saying you're like Lance Archer. But what I don't like is that, no, I'm not like Lance Archer. I've been doing this before Lance Archer was on television and everybody was looking at him in the main, in the main light. You know, Lance Archer's outfit is very, very similar to my outfit. But once again, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people are trying to compare you to because of the look is almost similar to his, but for me, but, but like for me, I'm like, anyone can just do that for anyone else. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, like I'm a big six foot, I'm I'm a, I'm a big six foot one guy myself. Ball, I me mean, a ball shade head, black a uh, black guy that can look like Bobby Lashley. But just with me, I just have a full blown beard. Right. You know what I mean? So they compared me to like Mark Henry to him. All I mean, I mean, I mean like a lot. But that is me. I take like little elements of that. Are you, I think I lost you there. Uh, I was just saying, but like, so like how people can compare you to Lance, people will compare me to Mark Henry and like Bobby Lashley all because of how I look and shit like that. But does that mean that my character is based off that one person? Right. No, I, I totally get it. Um, it's a little frustrating, though, because I put a lot into being original. Um, and, you know, I went to the lengths of, you know, my boots were made by uh, Bobby Lee. He made boots for um, a few guys in WWE right now. But, like, I had gotten them a few, like, I would say maybe two years ago. You know what I mean? And I put my flair on it. You know, I put the, the, you know, I made them look very similar to the way I wanted them to be so that they were original. I was a big boot guy growing up as a kid. I loved wrestling boots. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I put a lot into that. So now I'm seeing – you know, it, it, bro, like you could tell who the wrestler is by their boots. If you, yep, if, definitely. If, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I put a lot into that. So like I have New Jersey on one boot. I have Garden State on the other boot. I have the Cuban flag on, on the on the heel part. You know what oh. I mean? So like I put a lot into it. But you now what? I just thought you should have had James, James Golafini's face on it as Tony Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, dude, I would totally do it if that was my uh, if that was my gimmick. If I was some type of Goomba, I definitely would have had Tony Soprano on some part of my gear. That's for sure. <laughs> that's, you, you ain't Jersey if you don't know who Tony Soprano is. Right, man. Because anyone that don't know the damn Soprano, I ought to slap them dead on in the face. Like, come on now. Yeah. And I'm a big hands, like, hands for, me, for me, I'm a big mafioso person. So when it comes to that show particularly, it's like you can't stream me away no matter how many times that like I watch it. I'm again. Yeah, you know I mean, yep, absolutely. Oh, that no one can ever say, oh, they, oh, oh, they know who James Goldfinney is, or, or, or who Tony Soprano is. But yep, you, but you, the middle is monster. You are currently the pro wrestling magic champion. How does that yes, feel? Well, a current champion right now, and um, when and and when we and when did you win that title? And what and what type of match? And who was your opponent? Um, well, I'm not the heavyweight champion for Pro Wrestling Magic. Uh, I am 
the dark arts champion. So I guess it would be mid card, like uh, intercontinental champion, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so the actual heavyweight champion is Smiley, who's also an amazing, amazing talent on the indies that needs uh, more, more light to his career and stuff like that. But um, yeah, uh, 461 days to be exact. Uh, I have defended it against the likes of Casanova Valentine, John Silver on AEW. Um, I defeated the longest reigning champion, uh, Adam Payne, for that title. So um, I, I have. Uh, she means a lot to me. You know, she means a lot to me. So you're, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to take my life to uh, take that so, title off my waist. <laughs> so technically, you're Nigi in his case, and the belt is definitely Lucy. Uh yeah yeah I, I think I would name her Charlotte before I would name her Lucy. Oh oh my God! See that this one person here on this podcast, um, E Dukes, he's not with us today. He um he he's doing some other stuff. He he has a huge problem with Tyree when it comes to the name Charlotte Flair. So if he would have heard it, he probably well, would have went off. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know why he's on your podcast then. Oh no, 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 no! He's on a podcast. And he's because he's he's one of my loyal, the loyal, like one of the loyal people that that helped me grow this thing. So without him, this thing wouldn't even be here. To really be honest, listen, with you. listen, give him a message for me. Uh, Charlotte it. Flair is the best female wrestler in the world. I I, I will tell him that as soon as I'm done with this interview. <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> Matt, oh, Matt, no, I'll tell him for the season finale after this. So when we do the Friday night recap, well, I mean, I'll probably I'll probably hit him. I'll probably hit him winning there, and he'll probably be flipping out. But nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> so um, he knows, he knows how to find me. <laughs> got you. So just um, give give the uh, I mean, give the I mean, give the listeners um, some of your. Some of your wrestling background, like who was you trained and when did, and when did you decide to really go full fledged into I mean when, well, when do you know that you was actually gonna say, Okay, I'm that I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna pace myself, I'm gonna be patient, but I'm gonna work my ass off to get to where the fuck I need to go when it comes to wrestling. Well, uh, I've been wrestling for four years now. Uh four years ago, um I I had a really good job uh and I had lost it. And uh, I've been through a lot of stuff in my life, uh, a lot of downs, more than ups. And uh, I was in a place where I was kind of fed up with everything uh, and I needed a change. So I decided to look up my options for wrestling and where I could possibly train. And I felt like I had something to offer uh, the world of wrestling, considering that I'm, you know, seven feet tall. I you know, watch wrestling religiously. I understand it. I understand what it's supposed to be. Uh, and like I said, I just wanted to change. So I looked around at a few schools. Uh, some of them weren't right for me. And uh, I just wasn't financially ready to invest in a bigger school where, you know, I just couldn't afford it. So I ended up finding a school in Lake Hiawatha, ECPW, um, East Coast Professional Wrestling. And mm-hmm. it, Gino Caruso was the one to give me my opportunity uh, to let me get in a ring and learn. Uh, you know, he took his time with me and literally within a year I was wrestling. You know, I had my first match, uh, whether it be a, a battle royal or not. It was still my first uh, feeling of being in a ring with other guys. So um, Gino Caruso is the reason why I'm wrestling, uh, even though I don't do a lot of stuff there anymore. Uh, I still have complete and utter respect for that man. Uh, he does a lot uh, of of shows every month, uh, every year, uh, and he just has a big uh, a big roster. He's put a lot of work into the wrestling industry, so like I I respect that man 100. percent And if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be wrestling today because I wouldn't have been able to pay for the really good schools like you know WrestlePro and 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 down in Monster Factory. I, you know, I didn't have the money. He saw something in me and gave me the, not that he's not a good school. He's a great school. It's just, he didn't, um, you know, he didn't hassle me for paying because he understood my situation. You know, I'm a father of, of, of two boys and a, and a girl. Uh, I work my ass off. I'm a truck driver in real life. The whole truck driver thing on my Instagram and stuff like that. That's not a gimmick. You know, that's my real life. Yeah, I, I put a lot of hours put a lot of hours on the road away from my family, my friends. Um, so like, 
Chino gave me my opportunity, and I'll always respect him for that. That's love, man. And then, you know, it, it usually takes one person to really see the raw potential in someone and be like, you know, I can get something out of this guy or I can get something out of this woman that if they really took my tutelage and just learn the, the, learn the way that I'm going to project it to them and have a, have, and give them a better understanding, they could be real hidden gems in this wrestling industry. And I believe you're one of those guys. Because, because, especially from a guy of your stature, I know there's a lot of um, companies that's always looking for big guys that help try to get others over. Especially with you being a monster ass heel, I'm pretty sure that they will be looking at you with that. Yo, he uh, he got something. It just it takes one big company to just say, let me just say, you know what? We're gonna invest some time and believe in you, and we will help you get to where you, to the, to get you to where you need to go. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's why he, he, he played a huge part in my career. I just kind of moved away because I felt like I needed to put more time in a, a little bit of a bigger setting to get myself out there more. Um, because, like I said, I'm an older I'm an older dude in the industry right now. I'm, I'm 36 years. I just turned 36 years old. Um, Thank you, brother. You know, but I've been healthy up to this point in my life. I try to keep myself as active and in shape as I can. I know I don't look like most of the guys that are in the industry. You know, I don't have, you know, six pack abs. I'm not jacked up. Uh, but I, I, man, I've been right. through so much. Like most of these people that are in the industry will never experience in their life. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I've really struggled, man. I, I, I've, I've done a lot of not bad things where, I mean, you know, I, I'm not a drug addict or anything like that. I'm not an alcoholic. Um, I, I haven't really been arrested. I've done stupid things and stuff like, you know, smoking and things like that. But I've never been in situations where I've been in jail. Um, so this, this means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. So, like, I want to put myself in a situation where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to succeed and I'm going to grow. I need to be in the ring with guys that are going to help me learn more and help me, you know, succeed. I'm not a cocky son of a bitch. I'm not going to go into a company and be like, you know, I'm winning. I'm seven feet tall. That's not the way I work. My goal is to put on the best story for the fans, to have mm-hmm. people really invested in the story where it should be. I mean, I give credit where credit is due. I can't do flips and moonsaults and, and all this stuff. I'm very old school, dude. I drop that Hulk Hogan leg drop. I do the boot. I do choke slams and power bombs. But then I'm going to also beat the crap out of you, dude. You know, I'm from, I'm from a tough area. I grew up in Union City, New Jersey. You know, my boy John Teller, he's from Bayonne. We're from the same area. We have dealt with by the way, because we had him on the show recently um, a few days ago, and we're going to get into a story that he had told here about you two tag teaming with the Natural Born Gangsters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's all, that's all on him. That's his fault. But um, the, uh, the, 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 the reasoning be- behind me not being at ECPW right now is, you know, I just needed to be in a different platform where I can kind of be more in people's eyes and get more opportunities. But wrestling's really different now, man. It's not like, you know, back then there's not a lot of characters. Everybody's carbon copies of each other. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of like undertakers and canes and mankinds and the ones that are doing it are trying their heart and soul to create this character for people. And it sometimes may not be biting or it's just not working because you know, people, it, it's just evolving. Wrestling's evolving. So I'm trying to keep the big man alive. I'm trying to keep the character alive and, and, and do my part where people are going to see my work and, and appreciate it. Yeah. And this is where the problem with the bigger companies is that they like some of them will always try to repackage you or, or try to take little aspects of your character and put their own little twist into it. And sometimes they don't even get over with the fans. I think and yeah. they, I think they really give. That me, that that wrestler, that person, and say, yo, figure out your edge when it comes to your character, and we'll just try to see what we can do about how to get it out there that people can respect you. So regardless of cheers or booze, they're reacting to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how you get more over with the fans. 
Because I feel like a lot of these companies deal, I mean, you know, they'll just say, well, this thing working. We got to repackage this person to see if this ain't going to work. If this don't work, then there's no point of us even having them on in the first place. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Then, with the current content nowadays, we don't really get to see that much big men, like seven-foot-tall guys really playing big men. There's always this cross-training um, type of approach where it comes to the movesets. Like, we need some real old-school elements of all into this um, current wrestling product because other than that, it's just going to keep evolving to, to, to be like, what's next? Then next thing you know, a mask can be five minutes and nothing really happens. And we don't really right. see the evolution of that character being formed. So right. I, totally, I totally agree when it comes to that, though. So they definitely need to figure out what they need to um, keep and not keep and being able to have a formula and a better understanding when it comes to this thing. Because as year by year does grow, you see this new crop of talent coming out, and then you see one by one, it's just, oh, this just reminds me of this person and this person and this person. Then it loses its edge afterwards. You know, so we got to keep that. So we got to keep that element when it comes to the wrestling industry. Um, Yep. So for you, this whole, I mean, I know that you probably don't want to talk about this story, but um, John... After he uh, was talking about that tag team match, can you recall that? Uh, I recall it very well. <laughs> very, right, so, very well. So, so, me, John, so, from your point of view, what I mean, so like, what happened when it came to the whole New Jack and Mustafa Ali tag team match? Well, John came up to me uh, one day at training and was like, "Hey." Uh, you know, we have an opportunity to wrestle the gangsters. And, you know, I, I didn't watch uh, EC, ECW that much. I know I know who they are. I've watched them now, obviously. And I know I know the people who were there. But I, as a kid, I didn't watch it too much. My mom was a very strict mother. She would have kicked my ass. I was in bed by the time <laughs> EC, ECW was on television. You know what I mean? So um, mm-hmm. I was like, I know who, I know who they were. And uh, John, you know, he was like, come on, uh, you know, I grew up loving these guys. These guys were – New Jack was the, my, my dude. And I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. And uh, we get in the match. And <laughs> just to kind of get to the point, uh, John was supposed to take the finish on the match uh, and, and take the double-team move. And at some point in the match, I don't know what happened, but I guess they forgot who, who was who. And they ended up grabbing me and throwing me in the ring. And I ended up taking the finish and I was just so mad with John because I'm like, you know, I got into the match for the reason of <laughs> for you. And then I'm, I'm the one getting the, getting the finish. And then, and then John ended up turning on me in the end of the match. And then I got my ass beat again <laughs> at the wow. end of that. So I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he didn't tell you that much. But you know, not tell that part because if he did, I would have been like, "Damn, why would you turn on your own guy afterwards?" And then, and then for the way that exactly. I was doing it, I was like, "Okay, maybe you could have turned on him, chosen him, yeah. and beat the little crap out of him." And nah, that could have Nah, he's my boy. So we were in Bayonne, and he, you know, he wanted to shine in front of his crowd, and I get it. But uh, you know, after taking that finish, he, you know, he came in and beat the fucking piss out of me and gave me his finisher and left me in the ring like a little, you know, a little red-headed wow. step. Wow. So, all right. So, all right. So, would you ever face John Teller in the match one-on-one if, you know, so if they ever presented that opportunity? Oh, uh, what are you kidding me? Me and John have wrestled five times, I think, already. Really? He's my he's my fight forever guy, man. Whenever me and him are in the ring, we go to we go to war. Uh, you, you can see it on my, my YouTube page. Chris Hero. Really? Yo, I definitely got to see those matches, then, because if this is the fight forever, I can imagine CM Punk and Samoa Joe and Ring of Honor when they very first started, him and Chris Hero. There's very few fight forever matches that we can honestly say in our wrestling industry history that you we can't, that we can't get enough. But the hidden gems are really the independent ones because that what makes you come back to see them more and more and more. And that's how you really get the fans. So me and John uh, in Magic have wrestled. Let me think. My first match with him was a fans bring the weapons match. That was the first time we wrestled at Pro Wrestling Magic. 
after that was a last uh, last man standing match. Actually, no. So it was a fans bring the weapons, and we had like a regular match, and then we had a last man standing match, and then we had this most recent one, which is the one that I suggest you watch first. If you oh, go to my YouTube page, it's the last. It's the last one. It's the doors match. Um, so yeah, he was yeah. Yeah, he was speaking about that match too. He was speaking about the doors match. Yeah, um, and that that yeah. was that much table because you say because the taste because the table was too plasticky, so y'all switched it up and, and it sounded like you know what, let's do doors, and then that's how that yeah. match formed. But I definitely, yeah. I'm definitely gonna watch that. I'm definitely gonna watch that match though. So please send me the link after this interview's over, so I could definitely take a look at that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so when it comes to you. The Menelin monster, man. What do you see yourself within the next? You said that you're 34, 36. So, what do you see yourself within the next five years when it comes to this wrestling? And, uh, so, when it comes to this um, wrestling, so like, do you see yourself doing just, just driving around to other promotions to try to get you more, or do you think that it would, t- it would do you think it would be your big step to try to go after one of these other big, uh, bigger companies? Well, the goal, the goal is to be at one of these big companies. I mean, my goal is to be at WWE, obviously. Um, I know a lot of people have their opinions about the company, and that, that's fine. That's their opinion, but I don't care. You know, bring me in. I'll sign whatever contract you want me to sign, and you can turn me into whatever you want me to turn into because, you know, my goal is to do what I love for a living and be able to take care of my kids and give them everything I didn't have. And if it's, you know, wrestling in WWE, it's wrestling in WWE. I don't mind working out every day, living in Florida, getting a suntan, being on the beach. You know what I mean? You you don't got nothing for me, but I'm still in the contract. I'm happy with that, man. Just teach me. I, I, I learn. I work out. Keep putting in the work and enjoying life. You know, and that's all I want to do. I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy what I do. And, uh, you know, that would obviously be my number one goal is to be WWE. But, you know, AEW – you know, Cody Rhodes got this open challenge, man, and it's kind of it's kind of pissing me off because you're calling it an open challenge, but yet he won't respond to anything that I send him on social media. So it's kind of like, you know what? Don't be making it seem like you're going to give anybody a, 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 an opportunity to wrestle you for that title uh, when all you're doing is picking carbon copies of the same guy over and over. I'm actually glad I saw Eddie Kingston wrestle yeah, for him. Too. And, and, yeah. and you know what? Eddie Kingston in a real fight would have put Cody down in the fucking ground. You know what I'm saying? So, like, don't, you know, whatever. I, I just feel like I have a lot to offer. So, AEW, you know, they want to give me a shot, I'll gladly put Cody Rhodes through the goddamn middle of the ring. It doesn't, it, <laughs> that doesn't fucking bother me at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. New, new, yeah. new Japan? Yeah, yeah. I must say, you, you want to bring me? I must say, that if you did go to New Japan, I think you would really transition over to be a huge star for them over there. Yeah, but you know what? That's why they don't pick me, man. That's what I want to. That's what I'm starting to feel like. And you know what? One thing that stuck in my head the most when I was with Enzo Amore was the fact that you know what? Speak your fucking mind, dude. I'm tired of I'm tired of this like this rhetoric where you got to keep your mouth shut. But yeah, I'm sitting here watching people like Joe Janela act like a fool on social media. And he gets all these goddamn opportunities and shit. But yet, if I yep. mention one thing, I got to get castrated and, and crucified because I said right. one thing. You know what? Yeah. This is the reason why they don't fucking give me, guys like me and John Teller opportunities in bigger companies because we're going to drown out their goddamn roster because people are going to mm-hmm. look at us before they look at their little fucking guys with their little trunks on doing their backflips and moonsaults. Because you know what? You do a moonsault, you do a backflip, I'm going to fucking swat you out of the air like a little goddamn bug. You know, my, <laughs> yeah. goal, my goal isn't to fucking, isn't to go in there and look pretty. My goal is it to go in there and fucking show you who, what the fuck a real man looks like. You know right. what I mean? I, yeah. I don't care about muscles and shit. I'm a goddamn father of fucking three kids, dude. I've been busting my ass manual labor my entire life while the guys that I'm watching get opportunities still live in their parents' fucking house and has no idea what it means to bust your ass. You bust right. your ass because you go to the gym every day? But how do you – do you know what it feels like to be in the street? Do you know what it feels like to sleep at bus stops? Do you know what it feels like not to eat for weeks because you can't fucking afford it? No, none of these kids know what it's like to have to bust your ass and, and really be from the streets. Right. 
For real, though, man. For real. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I'm talking it up to, bro, because, you know, you bring me into your roster, that entire crowd's going to see me walk out of those curtains, and they're going to want me. They're going to want to see me. And then it's drowning out their other talent that they have on their rosters. And that's fine by me, bro, because I know in my heart that I'm going to get to where I'm supposed to be in life. I'm going to keep pushing. uh, I'm going to keep fucking dropping dudes left and right. You know, I got motherfuckers on the Magic roster saying that they should put an asterisk on the fact that uh, I keep counting the days that I'm champion. But you want to know one thing, bro? 461 days. 461 days that I've been the first one there. I've been the last one out. 461 days, I've been putting my ass on the line for that company, promoting them every single day, putting their name out there every single day, showing my the, what that title means to me every single day. When this pandemic hit and motherfuckers were home crying that they didn't have a gym, that they didn't have a treadmill, that they, they didn't know what they were going to do, you want to know what I was doing, bro? I was driving mm-hmm. trucks. I was mm-hmm. driving trucks up and down the fucking turnpike. I was out there busting my ass. And when I was done, I found a gym in Pennsylvania that was open, and I went and worked out. And then I woke up at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning to drive again and do it all over every single day. And when motherfuckers were home sitting on their asses, I was the one defending my title at an outside backyard wrestling venue and putting motherfuckers in the ground again. People are going to know who the hell I am, dude. I'm fucking tired. I'm fucking tired of being not noticed and not given opportunities. I'm tired of being the nice guy. I'm tired of having to conform to people that you got to kiss up to and you got to kiss ass. Nah, man. I don't do that shit. I've done that my entire life. I'm tired of kissing ass. You're not going to give me an opportunity. I'm going to take my opportunity because if I don't get it at that company... I'm going to get it at another company. And if I don't get it at that company, I'm going to get it at another company until somebody fucking sees who the hell I am. Because I'm fucking coming, son. I ain't playing around anymore. I'm going to count every single motherfucking day I'm a champion until you take it out of my goddamn fucking dead hands. I put more into that Dark Arts title than anybody has. And for you to come at me and say, oh, you got to put an asterisk on the days. Nah. Because while you're sitting home and you haven't wrestled for four or five months, I defended my title in a singles match hardcore. I defended my title in a four-way match. So guess what? That's four dudes. That's four months of us not wrestling. I think I covered it. So bottom line, bottom line, dude, I'm going to keep my nose to the fucking ground. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep helping people that look me out. And when I get to the top, dude, all those people that didn't believe in me, they're going to be buying my shirts. They're going to be buying my action figures. They're going to be hitting me up for autographs. They're going to be hitting me up for tickets. They're going to be hitting me up to get them opportunities. So when that day comes, bro, I'm going to be fucking sitting on a fucking throne. Glorious. It's going to feel fucking amazing. It's going to feel fucking amazing because you know what? There isn't a seven footer like me in the motherfucking industry. I am not Lance Archer. Lance Archer is Lance Archer now bigger because he's on AEW and people are like, oh, you look like Lance Archer. No, I don't. I was wearing red and black before he was wearing red and black. I was walking the ropes and people telling me, yo, you shouldn't walk the ropes. You shouldn't do the Undertaker stuff because that's not cool. But then I got to put on AEW and watch Lance Archer walk the ropes and everybody rave about it? No, nah, bro, that's not, that's, not, that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? And then I got to yeah. watch dudes in the industry take little, take little things that I do, that I wear. Listen, bro, you can go back. And, 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 and you know what? Don't, I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But when I started wrestling four years ago, my move right off the bat, finisher, pump handle power slam. That was my move. That was tested as finisher, and I wanted it. I wanted to do it in, in honor for him because a lot of people don't give that man credit for being a good big man in wrestling. For real. They really don't. After, after I started doing that move, 
Tell me why Braun Strowman started doing a running power slam. I got my boots from the guy in Mexico, Bobby Lee. Mm-hmm. I put my, I put the straps on those boots because I wanted it to look bikerish. Tell me why Luke Gallows about two or three weeks later started putting fucking buckles on his boots. So people are watching, bro. People see me. I'm not stupid. I've been around, dude. I've been around. I, I'm, I'm not some young punk. People see me, bro. I know it. I feel it. And my day will fucking come, son. And I'm sorry about that shoot fucking promo. But no, I'm just fed up with everything, dude. Listen, man, this is after dark for a fucking reason, man. You can go off tomorrow any way that you want to, man. So I I mean, I mean, I felt that in my soul that everything that you said, I would take that into my own body. And I and I feel for you when it comes to that because this because this really is some bullshit how you see independent people really busting their asses and not getting and not getting recognized and there's some hidden talent in these independent yeah, dude, I, I, gotta, I gotta fucking deal with guys in the industry that think they're fucking hot shit but yet I'm the only one in the building putting it putting up the ring by myself bro and then these guys are rolling into the fucking locker room with their little you know, really fucking luggages acting like they're fucking WWE superstars, and then they got the balls to talk shit on me. Like, yo, dude, you don't put in the work that I do, bro, and I ain't gonna call out names when I can sit here and shit on a lot of motherfuckers. I ain't gonna do that, bro. But just, I know they're gonna hear this shit, and I know those people are gonna know that I'm talking about them, and I am talking about you, and if you're listening, fuck you, dude. I don't give a shit about you. You ain't shit. I put in a lot of time and effort in this motherfucking shit, dude. I got kids. I got. I, I work for a living, and I, and yet I'm still trying to put my seven foot motherfucking ass on the line every night to do something I love, and I gotta deal with your bullshit criticism. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Worry about yourself. Like there's some dudes in that locker room for Magic that I know are mad jealous right now. I get that whole asterisk bullshit. And you know what? I'm going to put it out there right now. Adam Payne has nothing to do with my conversation. Adam Payne is the one dude in that locker room that I swear to God, he deserves everything and more, bro. Everything and more. Me working that man was one of the best moments of my life. I have never, ever won a goddamn championship in sports or anything. I've never known what it felt like to be a champion. And that fucking match meant more to me than anything. I will put it up there with watching my kids being born. So that man right there is the truth. But everybody else that, that like to talk shit because you ain't a champion or you were some paper interim champion, fuck you. Take that shit and fucking shove it up your ass, pendejo, for real. For real. For real. I feel you. Every word that you say, man, and that's straight from the heart, and I feel for you, man. And I'm happy for you that there's people like you out there that's still standing and still, you know what I'm saying, not holding the fuck back, not holding back your fucking punch. You're going to tell it like the fuck that it is. And we need more people like that in this fucking industry. That I mean, this woman say, no, I'm not going to be, no, I'm not going to do this. No, I am better than that guy. No, I work my ass off. I, I dedicated my blood, sweat, and tears for this thing. And all you guys want to do is I wasn't blessed to be around certain people that were going to push me and just put me in situations where I'm going to succeed. I am in a situation where I don't know anybody. I'm trying my best to talk to people and, and get to know people. And the fucked up thing is, bro, I, do you know how like heart, how disheartening it is, you know, when everybody's like, yo, you got to get out there. You got to go to companies. You just got to go, just go, Bring your gear and show up to these places. First of all, I'm a grown-ass man. Right. Listen, first of all, I'm a grown-ass man. I have a job. You know what I'm saying? I don't got the time just to go roll up at a company to fucking kiss ass when I'm not even on the card. Okay? I feel like that's a little unprofessional. I get it. If there's somebody who doesn't show up, you can get an opportunity. I totally get that. But not all of us live with mommy and daddy and don't have responsibilities outside of wrestling. I have right. pretty big responsibilities outside of wrestling. I can't tell my kids, hey, I'm going to take a pay cut. You guys might not be able to eat tonight because I'm going to go hang out 
at a wrestling show in hopes that the guy sees me and gives me an opportunity. That's why I reach out to companies. You know what I'm saying? I'll send them an email. I'll write to them. Hey, listen, my name is Louis Bruno, uh, whatever. I, I, bro, I go to the lengths of saying I'm not looking for payment. I'm just looking for an opportunity. Give me a chance to show you that I'm worth being on your roster. And you know how many times you I get turned down? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even get responses sometimes. So it's like, yo, what? Is it because I'm not six foot one, 150 pounds and can do a moonsault? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a very, it's a very confusing time. It's a very, very confusing time because back, you know, back when I was watching wrestling, if, the, if you were seven foot and they saw you, you were coming in and you were going to get trained and they were going to use you because wrestling's about the size. It's about, there's not a lot of guys like me anymore, dude. There isn't. For real. For real. And, 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 and the guys that are out there, listen, I ain't knocking on you, but you're not me, bro. You're not me. Bro, I'm a seven foot tall Cuban Italian dude from literally the hood. Union City, 25th Street. Like, look it up. It's right next to Jersey City. I am not bullshitting you. It's not a fucking gimmick. It's legit. You know? Right. I grew right. up in a tough fucking area. I know the streets. I know how to defend myself. I know how to do what I need to do to survive. And a lot of people haven't seen that in wrestling. They see a lot of dudes that like to play like they're tough guys. But you know what? John Tella, Lou Bruno... Two of the realest motherfuckers out there, and people don't want to fucking see it, but they will see it one day. I'll tell you right now. Man, you tell it like it is. You gotta tell it like it is, man. I feel for you, man. Same way, same way from my perspective and from my reality, which I'm not gonna to say too much because I wanna take away your thunder right now. So for me, being being just a goody two shoes, you know, say the green is that I always try to be the whole Try me, you're saying, try to be whole receptive and never get respected. Then eventually that's going to piss you off and that's going to make you bitter and anger. Then now it's like, you know what? Fuck everybody that I'm doing this for me because, because no, because you want to know why? No one else is going to help me along my fucking journey that's going to get me there unless I put myself and tell myself that I know that I can get my ass there. The dedication and perseverance. And Bro, like some of these companies, you know, some of these companies, I went, I, I put myself out there. I'll go out there and, and like, I've shown up to company. I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to say companies, but I've gone to a company where I've twice, twice, you know, I've gone twice. First time, you know, I understand you, you use your guys, you use your school talent, perfectly understandable. You know what I mean? Like you, you put a lot of time and effort into these guys. You're going to use them and you don't want somebody from the outside coming in and trying to take some of their thunder. Totally understand that. But when I'm like coming up to you respectfully, I'm not looking for a payday. And on top of that, I'm not just some guy. I'm I, Like most of your fucking roster knows me and I've wrestled at least half of them already. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know who I am. And if I'm coming up to you as a man, I'm shaking your hand and I'm like, yo, what do I need to do to get an opportunity? I'm willing to, I'll put up your ring. I'll help put up chairs. I'll sweep. I'll clean up afterwards. Like do whatever I need to do. And then I get looked down on because I'm there. Like I have ring crew. You're looking for a ring crew job. Like, are you fucking serious, dude? I'm just trying to show you that I'm not some fucking punk. That's going to just walk in with his hand out looking for fucking money. No, I'm trying to show you that I love this industry I want to do my part and not just be that guy on the roster. No, I want people to look at me and be like, that's Bruno, bro. That dude busts his ass. He's always here. He's always, you know, putting his hands on the ring and putting it down, taking it up, cleaning. Put it. Listen, man, Pro Wrestling Magic, I feel, is the best fucking company right now in New Jersey. I don't give a fuck. Come at me. Fucking at me. DM me. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. But Pro Wrestling Magic right now, I feel, in my opinion, best fucking company in new jersey why because there's people that care about wrestling there there's people that care about more than just fucking money they want people to learn they want people to grow and they're going to give you every opportunity possible yeah there's always little issues in here there's always a lot of uh egos and and issues where you know people tend to say stupid shit or whatever but overall 
I think that our company puts out a fucking great product. We're evolving. We have a ramp now. Not a lot of companies have ramps from stage to ring, like the old school feel. We have fucking right. lighting. Raz, Raz Lighting is one of the best fucking lighting companies out there, dude. And the kid's like fucking 16. You know what I mean? Like he's this, this young kid. He's hungry. And I've never seen – he does it all by himself, dude. He puts up the entire lighting for everything, around the ring, on the stage, everything by himself. And he's this fucking kid. It's amazing. Raz Lighting. If you're a company out there looking for lighting, seriously, check out Raz Lighting, bro. This fucking kid's insane. Sorry, I kind of went off tangent there, but that kid deserves every ounce of fucking credit. Man, it's perfectly okay, man. This is what this is what we're here for. And this is what this podcast is here for, man. This is my boss. Yeah. No one else is helping me doing this shit. And my crew, as much as I as much as I as much as I love them, I know they I know that they feel the same way that I feel. You know what I mean? So this is blessed way it's here for me. And no one helps me out with this shit too. So for me, doing it my blood, sweat, and tears. And and financial resources is starting to get is you know as this thing started to grow and you know what I'm saying it really started to get noise and shit like that you know what I'm saying it's just it's it, it just people just support others that we need yeah. more it's not just people just looking at you like oh it's just that guy and shit like that or or yeah. don't even get noticed like you know what I'm saying people who bust their ass because they love what the fuck did they do you you know saying yep. you with wrestling me with wrestling are in this podcast itself so. Yeah. Much respect to you, for real, from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, much respect to you. I really hope and pray that you do pro that I mean, I saying, that you do prosper. You do get noticed because for damn sure you made a fan out of me. That's for God to ensure. So most definitely, I man, appreciate that, dude. You know what I'm saying? You got our support from here, man. Man, no matter what, anything. I appreciate that 100, percent dude. I just, I just want people outside of the locker room to understand that. Um, a lot of guys that are putting in a lot of work is going unnoticed. There's a lot of guys out there that are busting their ass, staying late, you know, pushing themselves through pain, injury, uh, depression. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy for guys like us. We'd like you to be entertained and, and, and look at us and be like, wow, you know, these guys are, are fucking superstars and, and I appreciate the people who support me and everything. But a lot of people that don't understand and they think that, you know, we go out there on the weekends and have fun and it, it, no, it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of pain. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of, it's a lot of shit that people don't understand. So for the wrestlers out there that keep busting their asses and, and, and busting through walls and uh, you know, stopping at everything to just put a product out there that they feel is beneficial to the world of wrestling. Keep fucking doing what you're doing because one day we will all get noticed. We will all have our day that we can all shine. So like, don't be discouraged. Don't, you know, just support your local indie wrestler. Exactly what that shit says. Support them because you know what? They need the help, man. They need the fucking help. Hell yeah. And you got and you listeners gotta remember that these are the future of wrestling. So no matter what the years how they go back, there's always gonna be new faces that's always gonna pop up, man. And this is where it starts at right here. And this is yep. what you people gotta understand. Man. Supporting them, supporting the industry that gets them out there. Like you're a football fan, you're a baseball fan, you're a hockey fan, you know, college is the indie wrestling of professional sports. Okay. So college is, is what indie is, you know, we can't go to, we can't go to a college and do professional wrestling at colleges. You know what I'm saying? Like that that doesn't exist. So we need to take the time and effort in our lives to find a school, go train and do what we need to do to get on the indie scene. So, you know, indie wrestling is a really crucial fucking role not a lot of us have the opportunity of being noticed somewhere and been like hey here's a contract you know come in we're going to train you a lot of us don't have that luxury we have to earn it (laughs) we have to legitimately earn it and bust our asses to be like hey look at me give me an opportunity you know what i'm saying so you know the indies is very important man and and a lot of people don't even know what the indie scene is and then they really need to they really need to look into it Pro Wrestling Magic. 
look into it. <laughs> For real, man. Definitely, man. Lou, it's been a blast, man, chatting with you, man. Really do appreciate you coming on and supporting this independent podcast, man. I really do appreciate you coming on. Dude, anytime, dude. It's uh, greatly appreciated. And uh, send me the link. You know, I'll push it hard when it comes out. Yes, sir, man. Uh, so, so, listeners, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the 1K plays. And we passed the 100 episode mark. And now tonight, today is our season finale where we go on vacation. Actually, I got a few hidden gems I got to record on the side, um, nonetheless. So, when it comes to that, that'll be released on a later date or maybe for season two. You might never know what the hell I'm going to do. But nonetheless, this is the end of After Dark, man. Thank you, Wu. The Meddler's Monster Bruno for coming on the show, man. We greatly appreciate you for that. We'll, we'll never get to send that link to you once it's done editing. As for you viewers at home, uh, as for you listeners at home, um, please play our episodes here on Anchor. Play, uh, play, share, like, bookmark uh, our episodes here on Anchor. Uh, also, on Google Podcasts, Radio Public Podcasts, Breaker Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Follow us on social media. Um, Follow us on social media, Off the Top Road Podcast at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Off the Top Road Podcast in the search bar. <clears throat> and also use the hashtags, hashtag OTTR, hashtag support OTTR, hashtag support local podcast, hashtag Off the Top Road, hashtag Off the Top Road Podcast, hashtag independent, hashtag independent wrestling, hashtag professional wrestling, and hashtag black owned podcast. Lou, do your shout outs, do your plugins, man. You got the floor before I wrap up the show. No, uh, well, you can catch me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all Meadowlands Monster. Uh, you just type in Meadowlands Monster in Google, you'll find all my stuff. Um, you know, shout out to everybody who's busting their ass out there. Shout out to Gino Caruso for giving me the opportunity. And big shout out to Steve Off and the family at Pro Wrestling Magic for believing in me and uh, giving me the platform that they do give me every time for you know, basically trusting me to run their ring crew, to run the building, basically. So um, I hope everybody's safe. I hope everybody's, you know, good. Stop fucking hating each other and start loving each other. And, you know, we're all the fucking same. We all bleed fucking red. You know what I'm saying? It's just stop being stupid, everybody, please. It's like fucking ridiculous already. We're not in high school anymore. Well, some of them, some of us are. Some of us are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forget. We're talking wrestling fans here. Like 90% are probably in high school still. <laughs> probably, or the definitely young adults in college or just yeah. graduating from college. Yeah, I, absolutely. Nice. Just, just stop being stupid. Uh, enough with this bullshit. Right. You heard it from the big monster himself, folks. Do exactly what the hell he said. For me, Catch us for the season finale where we recap and review last night's Friday Night SmackDown. See what the hell happened on that dismal ass show. Ugh. God, thank God that this is the last one of it. So, yeah, folks, there'll be no more recaps and reviews for season two. So, we're going to hit you with whole new content when it comes to that. And hopefully, more after dark episodes as well. So, until then, she's Lansky, head of Honcho or VOTTR. Signing out. Catch us on the season finale. Peace. Later.